Welcome to my podcast. This is RJ Davis recording for the first time. Really, when I sat down to make this podcast, I had no clue what the hell I was going to talk about. So what I decided to talk about is what I know best and what I don't know at all, my own life. So here we are on a Sunday in June 2016. And by 2016, I mean 2018, because that is the current year. And um, I wanted to talk about my life and kind of lay down my podcast for the first time. So here it is. I'm about to talk about the life of an only child who grew up in Pennsylvania and then kind of lived across the whole world during his life. Has no real identity, identifies with everyone, and identifies with nobody at the same time. So sit back and relax as I tell the amazingly stupid story of my own life. Alright, so before I get into the history of my own life, um, probably it'll be spun throughout the podcast, going back into flashback type nature uh, throughout various episodes. But really, currently, I'm delving down into the most recent things in my mind. It's more of a stream of consciousness. And really, what stuck out to me the other day was I was in Portugal, and I was kind of floating around. I was coming back to the U.S. after running away from the horrible ideological nature of Donald J. Trump. Uh, hopefully this doesn't get me barred from re-entry next time, but I think as a citizen of the United States, I have a few rights. Anyway, so I was in Portugal the other day, and they were like all in Portuguese, like Portugal, and I was like, oh shit, I understand 0.0 of this. Anyway, so I was going through security and everything, like normal, passport control, and what really stuck out to me at passport control was, you know, they're asking me all these questions, like, Mr. Davis, why are you speaking in Spanish? Mr. Davis, why do you sound like a native Spanish speaker if your last name's Davis? Mr. Davis, Mr. Davis, Mr. Davis, and I was like, you know... You know, why can't I speak this language? Or why can't I do this? Or why can't I do that? And they're looking at me like I'm some scoundrel American who happens to speak more than one language like my and like my other idiot counterparts. And I was like, you know, I'm just kind of doing my own thing. I, you know, I'm just a normal person. Well, you know, why, why do I have to be judged for speaking other languages? I'm sorry I'm not the same as every one of my idiot counterparts that elected Donald Trump. But, um, you know, that's not me. So anyway... After he begrudgingly stamped my passport, thinking I was some type of Russian commie spy, I proceeded to my gate. Anyway, whenever I got to the gate, it was it was pretty interesting because I, you know, got through all the gate stuff now because of Trump, and I was, you know, all in my head like, what the hell's going on? And I got in. I was talking to my friend on the phone, and I go to ask a guy uh, while I'm talking to my friend on the phone. You know, what's the line to board the plane? Because, you know, they have the priority, the super priority, the gold star alliance member, the gold star guy who's really not gold star, but he paid $600 to get on the plane first because he has no life and he thinks that if he pays $600, it makes him look important. You have the line for the people that have no legs and the line for the people with legs but who don't know how to use them. And you have the line for the fat people on the hover rounds. You have all these lines and you can't know, you know, you can't figure out where the hell you're going. So I decided to ask a kid. And I, I didn't know, so I just asked him in Spanish. It's like, this is the line to America, sir. We speak in English. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, man. I just messed with Trump's army. I am going down. He's like, if you want to know what this is going on here, you need to speak in English. And I was like, 
oh, I'm sorry, I also do speak English because uh, I'm a highly educated person and I just wanted to know what line it is. She's like, well, how would I know? I'm just someone getting on the plane too. And you know, it struck me that I thought that Americans are supposed to be people who are, you know, inviting to people's lives and, you know, this melting pot culture that's really inclusive of all people speaking all languages. But yet, whenever you have someone that asks just a simple question like, what line am I supposed to go to? They flip out and have a meltdown that you're you're getting rid of the, the prime master English-speaking American race. But really, what is the American race? We speak all languages. It's a country for all people. And in that moment, it just really made me think of the intolerance and the xenophobic fear that we had. And I just thought, this is counterintuitive. You know, we make the world seem to believe that we don't include these people because we really don't. That's why in the passport line they couldn't believe that I spoke another language in English. That's why when if someone sees my American passport they automatically think in English even though we have more Spanish speakers than Spain as a whole nation. And to me, that really strikes a tone that instead of going forward, being the forward-thinking country, the country that welcomes the immigrants like Emma Lazarus in the poem wrote at the foot of the Statue of Liberty, we really bar them from coming into our nation these days. And that made me sad. So in my sadness, I decided to board the plane and head back to the land of the free, who are not free, and the home of the brave, which really are cowards afraid of all other cultures. So as I was on this plane, uh, coming from almost the land of Spain, Portugal, the neighbor that is the broke kind of bastard cousin that nobody really pays attention to. Uh, <laughs> I uh, had the fortune and misfortune of sitting next to the xenophobic line man and the lady who had just given birth to a baby and was hooked up to all these machines and, you know, pumping her breasts and all of this stuff. So uh, between this and that, I'm sitting there pondering life in general, um, you know, being called an idiot migrant worker and at the same time almost being lactated upon. And as I'm sitting in this plane, um, I started to do some of my favorite famous sit-down stand-up comedy. So I'm sitting here, you know, talking to myself, talking to the people in my head because as an only child, I kind of really create an audience in my head because I had no friends as a kid besides my stuffed animal creatively named Stuffy. So anyway, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, you know, I'm on this plane in the sky where planes happen to be. You know, that's generally what happens. They're going through the sky in the air in a tube kind of vortex type shit thing. I don't know how science works. Really, honestly, whenever I'm on the plane, I'm afraid I'm going to crash because I think we're suspended by an invisible a thread. You know, I'm kind of on the same IQ level as my cousin who is confined to the country woods of Pennsylvania who he's never left and his favorite weekend activity is eating potato chips while wild boar hunting. And as I come out of my fantasy of being a uh, stand-up comedian, you know, sitting here on this airplane, taking control of the mic thing that the flight attendant uses, getting everyone cracking up, you know, peeing their pants, you know, having a line queued down the center aisle to go to the bathroom because they're ready to burst because, you know, I'm so goddamn funny, you know, I realized that really, I'm still stuck behind the xenophobic racist and the lady who is still breastfeeding on the plane. And by the time I snap back into reality, 
the, the dinner served towards the lunch or whatever the hell you would call it. I wouldn't even feed it to my dog because it was so bad. They called it ravioli and I don't even really know what it was. I think it was mystery meat enveloped in a glob of gluteny substance. But uh, xenophobic racist thought it was the hot cuisine of Italy and he began to eat it with his fist around the fork in some barbaric nature going hum, hum, hum the whole time. I kid you not. I've never seen someone so crude and so barbaric in my life. But Top Portugal offers the best clientele, let me tell you. After seeing this, maybe in their ads, they could put something like, We only cater to the finest passengers of any airline. We do not let anyone who doesn't have fine dining skills talk by the Cordon Bleu on our planes. Anyway, so as Chef Boyardee devoured his meal, uh, I continue to think, really, what the hell is going on right now? It's like being in a, in a fantasy comedy written by Woody Allen, you know. Soon enough, xenophobe and breastfeeding lady are going to have some type of Vicky Cristina Barcelona type romance inspired by some type of Portuguese novel that they have in common. Because even though really he's a xenophobe, he's fluent in Portuguese and uh, he has a water dog that Michelle Obama picked out for him. So after waking up from my nap and finding out that Gordon Ramsay himself had had eaten my own snack that I didn't touch. Um, I sat back into reality and realized that we were about to land. So I bidded my adieus to the one and only secretary to the preservation of American culture in the Trump administration and the actually pretty kind lady who was breastfeeding next to me. And I marched off the plane into a world of passport control disaster. Although Newark Airport is one of the gleaming gems of our great nation and they hire the best and brightest passport control officers with a very highly detailed exam that says, do you wear the American flag as your bath towel on a daily basis? And if they check off, yes, they get hired. Airport still lacks efficiency. I just don't get it. How could such highly skilled individuals who have such a fanatical devotion to the security and efficiency of the borders of these states united, how could it be so inefficient? Why was there a two-hour queue to get people's passport stamps? Lucky for me, I had global entry and I uh, bypassed the whole line. But for those who don't have it, and I believe that entering your own country is is more than a right. It's it's I don't know what's more than a right. Somebody tell me. Someone shout out the answer. All right, that's right. I just sit in my room alone and I have no actual live audience to tell me. It's a real liberty, right and liberty combined. I just added it to my own collection of my online Merriam-Webster dictionary built into Microsoft Word. So if you want to contest the the viability of this word, you have to come to my house and look at my Microsoft Word and it will not give you the red squiggly line if you put it in. So anyways, these people were having their liberties trampled upon. You know, they were waiting two hours to, to enter their own country to see their families. This isn't right. This isn't just. I just don't get it. And, but really, I don't have to complain because I got global entry. Anyway, but what I really wanted to say in this whole, whole thing is, um, you know, it was really surprising to me what closed-minded people my dreams could be. You know, coming from myself from such a globalized background that I kind of constructed for myself, knowing that 
I didn't fit in and that I wasn't one of my own compatriots. But really, what are the compatriots in America, like I was saying at the beginning? Because it is such a globally diverse country. Sure, there are a lot of people that identify with the gun-toting Davy Crockett, the hat thing that's with the fur thing and the tail thing that you know you used to see with Johnny Appleseed planting those seeds back in the day. But really, America on the coast and the America of the immigrants and the America of the Indians is such a different place. How can we give it one name and how can we give it one definition? That's what I really wanted to say today. That really every time you say something, you gotta think about all the definitions. You know, sure I was mad with Chef Boyardee, racist, xenophobe. And you know, sure he defines a lot of America. Sure he's what Trump envisions whenever he envisions the Mayflower and Trump and his ancestors and Chef Boyardee all along there. You know, my people didn't come over on the Mayflower. They came over on a boat with like 700 people on it with scurvy and rats and pasta, but good pasta, not like they serve on top Portugal, let me tell you. But back to the point is we need to look at it as a whole and we need to understand what's really going on in society and how we can be more aware in our own country to make it more accepting and to make it an America for all because America is the country for all. That's all I have to say in my passport stamp episode of the one and only AJ Davis show. Thank you. Good night. And I hope uh, you can sleep now and you don't have a migraine.